The tour of the champions is here, and it kicks the golf off for the year. The tour of the champions, the tour of the champions. Thirty-eight losers, but only only one winner. Hello, Graham. How are you? Hello, bro. How are you doing? I like that. <laughs> I'm a bit excited for this week. It's been a while for the golf. The new year. And Hawaii is here. I can't wait. It's going to be good. I think there's a lot of excitement building around, especially amongst the um, Twitterati and the golf pundits and whatever. So it's great to be back. The Twitterati. I like it. I like that. Very much part of the Twitterati now. I'm going to I'm going to use that word from now on. But yeah, I like it. It's I was so looking forward to this season. Absolutely. I can't wait. I mean, we've had a, a few weeks of... Well, there's a lot been going on in golf, but not very much from a normal tournament point of view. But yeah, I'm super excited. I love Kapalua. Love the Tournament of Champions. Oh, have you got your grass skirt on? Oh yeah, me hula skirt. I'll be hula in once I pick the winner. <laughs> and that, listeners, is an image you want to be drilled out of your brain. Well, I'm, 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 I have a nice glass of red wine in my hand. It's actually a Criantha. That's Rioja. 2017, sipping it while dreaming about who's going to win the Tour of Champions. I think I've got the winner already. I think it's a sure thing. Um, everyone else may as well not turn up. Um, and I think that's, that's a the case, bold really. statement. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, am a, I, I like my boldness. Um, and here I am. We, you know, we had a great year last year, didn't we? Obviously, how many winners did we have outright? So I think it was, what, 14, 15? Something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, along put those lines. A lot of places, um, a lot of place golfers. We had some big winners. Um, there was a lot of excitement. And I think, you know, we've got a lot to build on this year. And we've got a lot to live up to. You know, um, our social media following is is growing. Um, people are liking the content. We're going to try and mix it up a little bit this year. We're hoping to move to, to video so you can see our beautiful chiseled faces um, when I say chiseled, it looks like someone's got at them with a chisel, and it, <laughs> it is it's it is going to be great. And do you know what, Hawaii is a great. And do you know what, it's a funny link to Hawaii actually, because I was doing a um, I was doing a quiz, one of those Zoom quizzes, and one of the questions was, where are the women the hairiest? I was a bit embarrassed because apparently the answer was Hawaii. But you know, it's, it's one of those one of those questions I got wrong, made a fool of myself, and I was obviously um, my mind was wandering to various places. Hey, let's talk about what's gone on. Um, obviously, so far um, with the golf, we're going to talk a bit about the PIP and the Player Impact Program. Now, as you know, we did talk about it um, last year on one of the episodes, and. It seems that Phil Mickelson's been a bit cheeky, hasn't he? Isn't he just been a little bit cheeky? Cheeky Phil. Cheeky Phil who's turning up this week as well as one of these uh, these additional tournaments he's got to play. Yeah, I don't know where, you know, whether he's got some inside information or not, but he's claimed he's won the 8 million of the 40 million that was on offer for the 2021 season. But I'm not sure how he, he could make this statement. And there's been a little bit of um, a question mark against it with the PGA Tour or PGA Tour representative coming out and saying that actually the results won't be released until mid-Feb. 
2022. So, yeah, is he jumping the gun? Is he being a little bit cheeky? Is he trying or was he trying before the end of the year to just get a little bit more following to tip him over the edge? I don't know. I don't know about it. I don't like the pip anyway, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, we'll see whether Mickelson's right, won't we? You don't like it, but um, they are upping the pip from $40 million and split, obviously, with 10 golfers to $50 million. But for our listeners that don't know much about the Player Impact Programme, tell us sort of what's it all based on? What are the five categories used to determine the player's impact score? Yeah, so to recap, as you rightly said, we did discuss this on a, on a podcast last year, but now we've got a bit more following. Maybe people aren't too aware of it, but there are five categories. There's a, a Google search. So obviously, you know, depending on how many players are searched on the internet um, platforms, you know, in, in terms of, you know, just looking up someone, if I wanted to look up a golfer, like Jim Herman, for example, I'd go and type his name. Uh, don't know why I'd want to do that, but yeah, um, so Google search is one of them. I didn't know where you were going. When I go on Google search and type yeah, well, in, there was a pause. Whatever. Yeah, I pause for a reason. Um, social media reach is the, the second one. So obviously, you know, that there's if you take like Polter. I mean, it's interesting. Actually, Polter's made a comment, hasn't he, as well in terms of, you know, didn't he put a post out, I think, on around about the 2nd of January saying he was honoured to be the most engaged social media on tour, even though he sits outside of the top 10 in the pip. But that's typical Polter, isn't it? It's like, you know, he, he loves mm. social media. So social media reach, just to circle back on that one, second category. Um, the Neil score, Nielsen score, which is all about TV time. So I guess that's, you know, you know how much are you mentioned on TV? How much do you feature on TV in coverage? Um, there's, there's an interesting one, the fourth one, the Meltwater Mentions. It sounds a bit like a a Christmas chocolate box selection, a bit like coffee cream or something. But th- <laughs> this is about global like media it. attention. You know, Meltwater yeah. mentions, we did talk about this, didn't we? It's like, and it's still, yeah, it kind of just rolls off the tongue. That's the fourth one. And the final one is the Q score, which is player appeal. So you take those five categories and that is basically what determines the um, the player impact program, the PIP, as they're calling it. So, yeah, it, it's all about social media and, and really how well you're trending across all of the platforms um, and how much TV time you're getting. And, you know, obviously Mickelson last year, he won the PGA, you know, 50 years old, winning a major. He would have got an awful lot from that. Um, it's probably, you know, I'm not saying it's the only thing that he did last year because it wasn't. He went on and won on the seniors tour. Um, was it four times uh, in 2021? So, uh, and that was expected because he is still a phenomenal golfer. I've said it already. We're only a few minutes in. Oh, I've said my it. Here God. We go. It's the first phenomenal of the new year. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the five categories. But um, as I say, I've already said I, I don't like it. I think um, th- these players get an awful lot of money already. And if Mickelson has finished one and Tiger Woods has finished number two, then maybe it's you know a little bit more money for all that they've done for the tour over the years. Uh, will it last into? Well, you look at Eamon Lynch. Eamon Lynch from Golf Week was was inferring that you know his pre-emptying of the you know the the news coming out that he'd won the eight million for the pip. Phil Mickelson was a um, was a timely tweet um, to drum up more social re- media response because it, it hadn't ended at that time. Now, an article that you know that comes from um, 
as 29th of December. So, you know, it's very updated. We're not going to find out until February who's actually... And I don't think... Are they going to declare it? I think, obviously, the players involved will will know about it for sure. But you've got to look at all, all Tiger Woods had to do, and it's very clever, really. All Tiger Woods had to do is exactly what he did, show his face. Show his yep. face, hit a few golf balls. All of a sudden, you know, TV time. Meltwater mentions those lovely chocolates you were talking about. And and the Q score, we know his player appeal is, is high up there anyway. And his social media reach across all platforms is phenomenal. Again, Huge. we use it. You know, it's and it's it's a bit it's difficult. And I, I just hope I know Mickelson was sort of questioned about oh, you give this I hope you give that money to charity. And he will. And you know, we know Tiger Woods has got his foundation and what have you. So a lot of that money will go to good causes. We know that. And but Mickelson sort of got his back up a little bit to suggest that you know the PGA already you know provide a lot of money for um charities and what have you and the lower echelons of golf, you know, the grassroots. And that's what people are saying. You know, is this money going to be seen in the lower echelons of golf? Is it going to help out the ladies' game a bit more and and what have you? And, and Phil was adamant that you know enough is being done for the game of golf, and you've got to admit, you know, he's he's very firm in his stance you know those tweets that he brought out about his lack of knowledge surrounding um covid vaccinations and uh, infections and, and what have you and he got that conversation going i think that's it's very clever you know it's very clever but there's a lot of money on offer so why wouldn't players be clever it's all one thing having jim herman and max homer you know playing um, silly buggers and all these tweets but they do not have the, the q score the player appeal really they never really get the amount of TV time that the others do. Mm. And they're good to search, you know, how many times, like you said, how many times are you going to go and search Jim, Jim Herman or, or Max Homer? It's, it's just, so, it ain't, you know, as much as they're doing for the game and they, they're involving people in a social media and conversation, that's great. But it's always going to be the big players like Mickelson, Spieth, Ricky Fowler's got a hell of a, you know, a social following and what have you. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the actual results and, and see if Phil was playing silly buggers. But you can you can bet your $8 million, if you like, that Tiger Woods is going to be up there, thereabouts, for sure. Oh, it has to be. Absolutely has to be. And again, you know, I, I say I don't like it, but, you know, if you were, you were in those shoes and there was $40 million or $50 million on offer, you'd be doing the same sort of thing, wouldn't you? You'd want to be boosting your profile. You'd want to share of that pot. Um, you know, a lot of these guys don't need it, but and that's you know back to your point about will a lot of it go back into the charity coffers and stuff? You know, it's um, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, it'd be interesting to see when the results come out. I, I will be interested to look at it and see what's come out. But and you know, to go back, I mean, was it Dan Rappaport came out and you know, said a, a well-connected source confirms that actually the these preliminary results that have come out are actually true. Um, and if it is true, then Morikawa's finished 11th, <laughs> you know, but what he did in the game and he, he won the, the Open and he's had a brilliant season. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's certainly an interesting topic and, and a lot of people will be interested to see what comes out. I like We well, talk about being in players' shoes. You know, if I was in Tiger Woods' shoes, I wouldn't be doing, you know, 70 miles per hour and a 30 um, restricted. <laughs> but... You know, let's talk about Tiger Woods and, you know, that comeback with the uh, the father and son. Um, it was just an amazing tournament. And it was so much fun to watch. It, the more I watched of it, the more it was becoming one of my favourite tournaments. It's ridiculous. Do you, know, 
you know what, Craig? It, it, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It's, it? It almost reminded me of Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. I mean, the, the Tiger and Charlie Woods likeness um, and the way that they swing the club, the way they hold the club, the club twirls. It was, it was almost like, you know, a mirror image. It was brilliant to see. And Charlie's clearly got a lot of confidence. There's no doubt about that. It's, um, you know, he, he did play some some kind of poor shots, but how old is the lad? What is he? 11? I, I, I can't even remember how old uh, he is, 11, but he's... 11, 12 or something, yeah. But I wow, I mean, you know, it was it was brilliant. And it was it was a good tournament to watch on TV in the off-season. Um, you know, young, young John Daly Jr., just like his dad. Love but, him. You know, Love <laughs> him. It, what a swing. What a swing. It was yeah. brilliant. Um, and, and I'm glad they beat the Woodses, to be honest with you. And it was, But it was great to see Tiger swinging a club again. Um, you know, it, OK, he probably, you know, he was he was aided, wasn't he, by the golf cart. He wasn't walking the whole 18 holes and stuff. But it was just brilliant to see, um, you know, the family connection, um, the Thomases, I thought they were brilliant. I thought Justin carried his dad a lot from what I saw. Um, well, he had to. His dad was bloody injured, I think. He had a bad back. He could hardly stand he? up. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that is the if that is the case, to finish on 24 under is quite impressive. Um, to only lose by three shots. But, yeah, that PNC Championship was, was really good. And it was great to see Tiger back. That, that was the big story of the week, wasn't it? Really. Well, you look at the Nelly Corda. You know, what a superstar she is in her own right. And she was playing with her dad. And yeah. she saw Tiger and it's like took the opportunity to get a, a photo op. You know, one of the yeah. best golfers on the planet in awe of this great man. And he is great. Yes, he's had his faults. Yes, he's he, he's done, you know, some things in, you know, in a wrong manner and gone about things in it. But, you know, everyone deserves chances in life. And, you know, he's coming back and he's just a furore surrounding that, you know, and everyone's talking about he's going to come back to the Masters. He's not going to be playing at the Masters. You know, I don't think that is a possibility for him. Um, I don't either. It's, yeah. It's quite a tough walk. Um, and he's already, you know, said that he's looking and he'd love to get back to the headquarters of golf up at St. Andrews for 2022 Open, um, a tournament that we hope to be at as well. And that will be a great tournament um, for him to, you know, what an event that's going to be if that is Tiger Woods' first major. Because he ain't going to play the US Open. That would be ridiculous. Um, and I don't think he, he he's going to play the PGA um, from what he said in um in reports and the masters for me is, is too close. Yes. He looked all right. Yes. He looked good and what have you, but the masters as everyone knows is, is a beast. And I agree I with you. I think it would be way too quick. I, I think a realistic target could be July at the, you know, the 150th open. That would be brilliant. Um, you know, especially, you know, with benign weather conditions, it may be even better. Um, and I, I think we'd all love to see him there. I, I think any, anything before that would be a major stretch. The guy has clearly still got a lot of rehabilitation work to do on the whole leg. It was, you know, a traumatic injury and, and quite a surprise to see him back playing with his son in that PNC, to be honest with you. But but it was great. But yeah, I, I just think it would be too soon. I mean, everybody would love him to be back, wouldn't they? But yeah, oh, the of course, of course. Well, let's you know, let's finish talking about it. Woods is not here this week. Um, you know, 
be great if he was like. But as we know, the Tour of Champions is a tournament that allows the golfers that won on the, the, the Tour last year to take part in the year starting tournament in Hawaii. And I've got it. Do you know, I've got a few little facts for you, Graham. Should we, should we have a little facty? Cool, right, is it a fact, man? Right. We know it's the plantation course, right? It's Kapalua. Do you know what Kapalua means? I do not. It means it... arms embracing the sea. And did you know that Kapalua, the, the resort, the golf resort, was, was constructed on a former pineapple plantation? Didn't know it was pli- pineapple plantation. Didn't we have a plantation course, the Palmetto or something? It was a banana plantation or something. But yeah, I didn't know it was pineapple. Yeah, pineapple, pineapple. And do you know the leeward waters of Maui have the densest humpback whale population in the world during the winter months? Now, isn't that a phenomenal stat? I know you love your humpback whales. Yeah, absolutely love that creature. Um, and no, I didn't know that stat. And, you know, it's like Blandy said to me, you're boring me now, so come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richard Bland, hey, a little a little note to Richard Bland. Obviously, he just tweeted recently that he's, you know, he's double jabbed and got the booster. And unfortunately, he's tested positive for COVID. Um, so not going too well with him, unfortunately. I think he's in Dubai. Is that right? I think he is in Dubai or he's at least had to hole out in Dubai or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't follow his every movement. But, yeah, I, I saw that on, on the Twitter platform. Um, well, worst places to be, I suppose. You know, a bit of sunshine. Yeah, a little bit of sunshine. It's getting yeah. cold over in the UK right now. We're about to enter a bit of a cold spell, which is good because it was like 14 degrees. That's so a bit unusual. And well, interestingly good. enough, his first tournament back, like he told us on, on the conversation we had, was going to be the Abu Dhabi um, Championships at Yaz Links. So that's what at the back end of this month, isn't it? So maybe he's going out there um, to kind of, yeah, get acclimatised and have a bit of uh, a bit of prep time as well. So, yeah, who knows? He's still recovering from his knee, isn't he, as well? So do, you know the, um, do you know the, the, the Flintstones? They have so many fan clubs around the world, the cartoon of Flintstones. But funnily enough, Dubai don't, but Abu Dhabi do. Um, right, let's, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 2022 <laughs> started off poorly, hasn't it? <laughs> it started, yeah. Oh, get me coat. Hey, Graham, do you know who drinks beer and speaks French? Go on. Moi. <laughs> right, let's go. Let's talk more about this course. Tell us about this course, Greg. Okay, so we have the plantation course at uh, Kapalua. It's been open, I think it was opened in 1991, sits above the Pacific Ocean. Uh, love this tournament, absolutely love it. I, I wish it was a full field tournament, to be honest with you. I think it's definitely worthy of it. I think it's its 24th year at Kapalua. Um, but as you've already said, it's a limited field. There are 39 players taking part this week. Um, it's the only par 73 on tour. So we've got five par fives, uh, only three par threes and 11 par fours on a roughly 7,600 yard course. So it may seem long, but, you know, this is certainly a course in benign conditions that is going to be a low scoring event. Um, I know you're a bit more of a weatherman than I am, uh, but the... From what I've seen, we're not expecting wind to be a significant factor this week, Um, even though it is a wind-exposed course. 
Um, but certainly it's significant undulation, sloping fairways, very wide fairways. I think probably some of the widest fairways on tour in actual fact. Uh, the greens are large, um, tiff eagle, Bermuda grass. And, um, you know, we, I think we, we're looking at something that is, if you look at the redesign that happened, I think, was it in 2020, the redesign? Um, it made the course a lot firmer and flatter after the redesign. Um, uh, you know, but certainly if you've ever watched the event at Kapalua for the listeners, um, you know, this is, you're going to have to stay up late in the hours to watch it and stuff. But it's it's certainly one of those courses that, you know, lots of undulations, um, sloping fair ways and makes it you know very tricky for the the golfers to navigate but yeah there, there are a few characteristics about the course anything from yourself yeah massive fairways you know so i think some of the widest fairways on on the tour circuit um you saw i think the average driving accuracy stats from the last few years you know you're looking at around about most golfers are looking at hitting 75 76 percent of the fairway so yeah Easy to hit the fairways. Yes, you might have a few downhill lies and what have you. And as Patrick Reed said, you've got to really think about your shots around this course. In, okay, there's been big numbers. We can go back to Ernie Els in 30 under or 31 under at some point. And the median score is around about 16, 16 under, 17 under. So, okay, there'll be a lot of birdies. You mentioned the weather. The weather's going to be okay. They have had a lot of rain on this course over the last month or so. It's taken a lot of rain on. And there's going to be rain early in the week over in Hawaii at the Kapalua Resort. And we're going to see some rain throughout the four rounds. So this course will be a little bit softer. That will mean, obviously, the greens will be a lot more receptive. But the ball may not fly as further as some might expect. So perhaps we're going to have some longer irons going in there. So we're looking at you know the, the stronger iron players. But you're going to have, because of the undulations and what have you, you're going to have a few tricky shots around the greens. But you're also going to have some decent length putts. So, you know, a lot of three-putt avoidance stats may be on your list, may be on my list. We'll talk about them a bit later. Um, the course it's, it itself, I think it's the wind's not going to be affecting too much. I think you look at about 12 mile per hour, which because of its proximity to the coast, the gusting will be a lot more. So there will be a bit of a breeze. So you're going to have to shape your shots, you know, left and right into the breezes as the, the course meanders its way through the, the resort. So yeah, it's, it's an inch. It's a great, it's a great tournament. It's a great way to start the year. Yes. 39 golfers should be theoretically easy to find the winners, but in this field this year, because a lot of the top boys have won tournaments, it's going to be one hell of a battle. Oh, it absolutely is. I don't think we're going to be seeing anything, you know, like JT won in 2020, 14 under was his winning score. Um, you know, we had, I think, significant wind um, issues in that particular year's tournament and maybe a bit of rain as well. And it probably had a bit of an impact, but everything around that year was kind of, you know, mid mid 20 unders um, back to speed through one on 30 under in 2016. So, yeah, I, I still think we're probably going to be looking at probably early to mid 20 under for a winning score this week, but it is a strong field. I mean, as you rightly pointed out, I think Rory McElroy's the only absentee um, from the list of winners last year, which is quite interesting. Okay. Right. That's, that is interesting. It's, it's a shame really. Um, I don't know why he's not, 
not there, but you know, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, just not part of his schedule. Obviously, we've talked Mickelson's committed to it because he has to, because it's, uh, you know, he, he needs to add another tournament in. It's part of the pit securing his money and wanting to win more in 2022. So, yeah, he's committed, which you wouldn't normally see him. I think in past years, even when he won on the tour, he, he didn't commit to Kapalua because it just wasn't. It wasn't of interest to him. So, yeah, it's um, he's there this week and he's a big price as well. But that's, you know, you look at Kapalura as a, as a resort and you know, it's a great time to go and have a, you know, after Christmas and New Year, go and have a holiday. So, you know, what players are going to be there in holiday mode? What players are going to be there in professional player mode? I mean, that that's an interesting question. We just don't know that unless you get close to the players and know what they're doing. What we do know is that the likes of Ram, Sung Jae-im, Cantlay, you know, they've been absent largely since October. They've really not been playing. And this is not a tournament where you can just rock up and play and win. And that in the past, it's shown that. So, you know, I, I even though Ram's world number one, he has played well here in the past, but, you know, I think Ram's a little bit different, isn't he? He probably is the one person that probably could turn up and win. I don't think he will this week. But, yeah, I, I don't think those three can turn up and, and feature this week. Um, the other thing as well, Craig, is that the hero form um, It has similar course characteristics. It also has five par fives, even though it's not... It's not part of the PGA Tour rota per se. Um, I, I think that hero form could actually play out well this week um, and certainly looked at maybe a, a bit of angle there around that. But yeah, it's it's hard to know, isn't it? It's it's that season. Not that It's not a season opener because the new season started in October last year. But you know, from it a feels calendar like it is, point though, of view... Yeah, it gets the it it gets the season restarted, and it is that one tournament that you, you just don't know after a break who's going to be turning up, who's in holiday mode still. Oh, maybe we we know Brooks Kepka probably still is in holiday <laughs> mode. <laughs> I don't know, facetious, yeah. but you know, maybe maybe we do. But um, we also do know that there are pedigree players for this course in the likes of Xander Schauffele, Justin Thomas. Um, you know. DJ, if you want to class him in that as well, given that he did win in 2018. But, you know, there, there are players that perform well here and you've got to have that pedigree, I, I think, to succeed, even though Harris English probably broke that mould last year. Well, and so, that, yeah, wasn't, that the first time he, wasn't that the first time he played in, in the Tour of Champions last year, Harris English? I'm not sure I, it was I'm... the first time. You very rarely find a first-time player going and winning this tournament. But it was, it was, it was, it was, if it wasn't the first time in total, it was the first time in quite a few years, like four mm. or five years, that he came along and, and was so successful. And there's no reason why he couldn't, you know, he play, he's playing well at the end of the season. Um, there's no reason why, if he's not carrying that form through to this season, um, obviously likes the course, um, obviously suits his eye. So, you know, I think it... he's... It could be a bit it's of an value. interesting one. Fun. Yeah, I mean, debutants don't generally fare well here. So for me, for the debutants, it's farewell. <laughs> Yay! Sorry, <laughs> I like it. Do you know what farewell is in in Hawaiian? Go on. No, I don't know neither. Sorry. No. Oh, no, see, and it is me thinking you're that... fonts of all knowledge. Mate, well, yeah, you know, I was just. I was trying to see if you've done your research. But anyway, let's... OK, so 
we're looking at the tour of champions. We're looking at the course and there's player, there's thirty nine players and they're some they're the best players in the world. But what are you picking out as your stat angles to find the winner out of that thirty nine? Okay, so what am I looking at this week? Well, first off the bat, I'm going to say, obviously, we know it's 7,600 yards there or thereabouts. We know it's probably going to play that this week if your weather predictions are accurate. Um, However, I think what happens off the tee here isn't necessarily the be-all and end-all because of the width of the fairways. You can get the runs on the undulation. Obviously, yes, we've got soft conditions, maybe not so much. Um, so off the tee for me isn't the, the the key stat strength this week. But what am I looking at? I'm certainly looking, I'm looking at the all-rounded package. I'm looking at strokes gained T2 green. I'm looking for everything. Um, but obviously, we know we get T to green stats. Um GIR, not so much. I, I normally do always have it in, but I think you mentioned earlier on something like um, 75% fairways and 75% GIR, did you say? I mean, that no, is... No, just significant... All right, okay. Well, I, I think uh, from my notes that, I, you know, I've got fairways and GIR, 75% here averages, and that is normal. That is significantly greater than what the tour averages are throughout the season anyway. So... Again, I don't think there's a premium on accuracy per se. There may be a bit of a premium on driving distance, but again, I haven't kind of really put that into the mix. Um, The key things that are sticking out for me, really, par four performance. I think given that we've got 11 par fours, I think we've got four of them that are sub 400 um, that you can probably pretty much drive the green there or thereabouts or be around the green with maybe a 40-yard approach shot. Um, and together with that goes scrambling for me. So par four performance and scrambling, I think addresses those par four um, scorings. The bir- birdie or better for me, definitely here, given that we've talked about a kind of mid to you know mid to low twenty underscoring. Definitely lots of birdies out there, so we're looking at those high birdie performers. Um, but since the redesign as well, I think there's definitely more of an emphasis on putting. So I'm looking at strokes gained putting this week. Um, players that have played well in the wind and have really good course experience. They are my main stat angles this week. Have you got anything different? I'm looking so knowledge, right? Patrick Reed and a few other players have, have talked about you have to sort of it's, it's a lot easier this course if you played it quite a few times. You know, the undulations, the little intricate bits, the, the places to leave that ball on the green to make those birdies, the places to leave on the fairway to give you a good approach. So it's because of the undulations and how the course plays, knowledge, right? So I'm looking at players that have played well here before. Um, because I, I was looking at 160 yards and below for iron shots and approaches. Um, but I've real really died, dialed in to... 170, 170 and below your Ryans, and especially at 100 yards, you're going to find yourself on the par fives a lot of um, little tricky wedge shots um, from under 100 yards. So I'm looking at players, Irons 170 yards, and then the shorter little pitches 100 yards and less. Um, putting, you know, putting is a you know, three putt avoidance, obviously, no one likes to see three putts, but the stat that I've got from the last few tournaments. Is like putting from 25 feet, you're going to have a lot of chances from 25 and around about 25 feet 
on these greens um, in Kapalua. So I'm looking at that stat. Um, that's so that's where I'm going off the tee. You're dead right. You know, you're not. I have discounted a lot of players that are averaging around about two two eighty two two eight five two ninety. Um, I want players to be averaging over three hundred yards. Most of them do nowadays. Fairways will be relatively easy to find. Um, the wind's not going to be an issue because of the wetter conditions. I'm looking at you know proper true ball strikers. You know, ball striking has got to be up there. And you know, one 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 name comes right to the forefront of my mind, and we'll talk yeah. about him in a minute. So yeah, they're my angles for this. But one of the most important ones is the knowledge of this course. So I want I'm going to pick players. I have got one in there that hasn't um, hasn't had much um, experience around here, but it's because he has played courses well for the first time over the past couple of years. So he, that is why I'm in the pick. So you might think, oh, why has he picked him if he said there's all about knowledge around the course? Well, there's a little bit of a fly in the ointment in there, but I'll let you know why after. So they're my little um, my stat angles, and I'm excited to crack on and learn who you've picked. So are we ready to go straight into the picks? Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. That's a good summary of Kapalua and kind of some of the characteristics that we need to look for. And certainly that, you know, I think that's probably really what formed most of our success last year, isn't it? Is really taking that deeper look, that step back. Um, for anybody that's listening um, to this podcast series as we move forwards, that's what you'll be getting. So, yeah, I, I think let's let's go into them. I'm quite happy to do that. Well, Should you I know, are we... Well, are we going to have a 261 like we saw from Ernie Els in 2003? We're definitely not going to have a 284, which we saw Stuart Appleby. That was in you know, terrible conditions. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting tournament. But let's before we go into the picks, let's just tell our listeners what we're going to do this year points-wise. How are we going to go about it? More so this week, obviously, and we'll explain it as we go on with more tournaments coming into the fold. Yeah, so what what we're going to come up with is our staking plan. If you look at a lot of other kind of golf tipsters, podcasters, um, you know, they will come up with staking plans. And, and last year is our first year. It was really a kind of a fact-finding mission. And we tinkered a little bit with kind of, um, you know, some of our selections and, and how we place those bets. But as listeners, what we're going to give you is a staking plan this year. So for this tournament, we're going to go with a 10-point staking plan. Now, everything that we do is based around points. And if we think about what we did last year, since we started out at the Masters, we ended up 2021 at 275 points up profit. Um, so, you know, to kind of emulate that and, you know, come up with a, a 2022 successful programme, we've got to have a good staking plan behind that. And I, I think that's what we've come up with this year. So typically what you will find is you'll probably find an outright win stake and then maybe a couple of each way um, staking plans. So so that's really what we're going to do. And it's 10 points each this week that we're playing. When we've got more tournaments to cover, obviously we, we may think about kind of uh, how much we're actually going to lay out, but that will be based around what our profit or loss position is week in week out yeah you're happy with that cheers that man the financial guru of bros and birdies has spoken yeah no, that's great mate i love it um so let's go from let's go from least confident shall we say okay to most confident yeah let's okay. do it that way let's mix it up a little bit you know let's spice right. it up 
let's go with least confident. Do you want me to go first? Right. So my yes. first least confident pick, even though I'm confident about the chances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So th- this week, um, Patrick Reed, straight off the bat. So um, love him, love him, and. Yeah, I, I like Patrick Reed. He he was a tied second at the Bermuda Championships. He does like Kapalua. Um, I, I just think Patrick Reed is made for this course. Uh, I think he loves playing it. He had a difficult 2021, off, off, suffered with COVID or bilateral pneumonia, as it was reported. But, you know, hopefully he's now built up that strength. And I, I think some of the off season or the back end season um events that we saw leading up to the festive break he started to play some some decent golf and um i i think kapalua is a place he likes i think he can play well and i think he's a decent price now this is another interesting fact that we want to bring our viewers our listeners is you know we typically tend to look at a couple of um, bookmakers and this week we are interested in the without market um i think there's definitely some value the um the paddy power without market this week they've they've given us a full market and a without market which i think is is quite amazing actually for a tournament that has only got 39 players in it but it gives us a little bit of options and we could potentially have the outright winner and we could get another winner from the without market so i'm playing patrick reed in the without market and the without players are bryson DeChambeau, colin morikawa justin thomas and john rahm so I think there's a little bit of value to be had there. And I'm getting Patrick Reed 22 to 1 in the without market. So Patrick Reed for me this week is going to be a um, one and a half point each way play. Nice. I like it. One and a half points each yeah. way for Patrick, the man, Reed. Well, he played, he played well, didn't he? Um where was the um, the ocean course at the end of last season? Um, he got he got pipped to the post. He had a phenomenal storm in um, last round. Can't remember what it was now. Um, it wasn't that long ago. Have I had too much to drink over Christmas? I can't remember. Maybe. Who are you? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, where am I? Is this my home? Yeah, he's he's a great pick, and I love him. He, was, he nearly got onto my list, did Reedy? Um, and he likes it around here. He says he likes the course. It fits his eye. Um, he likes to think about shots, you know, hence why we saw him in the green jacket. So, yeah, that's a, it's a good pick, mate. And what, sorry, what was the price of, of Reedy in that market without? 22 to 1. Gee, that is good. That is, I like it. I like it a lot. Right. My first pick is last year's winner, Harris English. Now, he's a funny one, Harris, because... You know, he's, he's not everyone's cup of tea. He goes about his work and he's been, you know, hot and cold, in and out of form, you know, over the years. And you think, well, OK, let's look at what he did last year. You know, a storm in performance last year. He won twice on tour last year. And, you know, you go back and you think, oh, he hasn't won since 13-14. OK, he, has, he hadn't won since 13-14. But he'd been racking up a lot of places. And 19-20 season was very strong, you know, second or third, six top 10, six, 14 top 25s, only missed the cut twice, securing over three million pounds in prize money. But it was last year's win that did it for me because the way he played, it was just so calm and collected around that course. And he was just, it just, it looked like every iron was going to be dialed in. And his putter was hot, hot 
to trot. Now, yeah, he's, I don't know what he is. What's he? What's he in the market in without market with you? So he's twenty five to one in the without market. Harris English. Okay, well, I, I'm happy with that because I think he was about thirty three to one in the, the straight out market. So for me, that's good. And you look at the stats, right? He knows, of course, knowledge, knowledge of the course. He puts well from 25 feet. The stats say that he's good in and around the 160, 170 mark with his irons. And he's good with his, with a wedge in the hand for those short, delicate shots. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't knock the ball out of the park. You know what I mean? He's not the biggest hitter on tour. I think he's averaging about, just at about 300, 300 this season. You know, if we if we went back to the last season and we say Harris English, what were you um, averaging? He's around about the same. So he's consistent around about 300 yards off the tee. So for me, Harris English at that price in the without market is my first pick. And I'm going to go one point each way. One point each way on last year's winner. I think that's a, a decent start. OK, shall we go into my second least confident pick? That's confident. Um, <laughs> is it second least? How many picks have you done? I've only done three. Well, so it's, it's second least and, and second most confident. So <laughs> it's my second pick. Right, let's go with it. Is your so, medium pick? Do you know what? It, this was um, this was a hard decision as to whether it was second or top pick, but uh, second anyway, and, and only really because of the price. But my second pick is Xander Schofle. Now, this guy, I mean, he hasn't won on the PGA Tour proper in the last three years. Yes, he won the Olympics last year, but you can't really call that a proper tour event, in my opinion. Um, Whoa, rude. But, rude to the Olympic well, Committee, anyone listening. It probably is. I don't care. But he loves it here. Absolutely loves this course to start off the calendar year. He won in 2019. He tied second the year later, and he was tied fifth last year when he probably... You know, apart from winning the Olympics, it wasn't spectacular. But having said that, he did have seven top 10 finishes, which included two seconds and a third. He also had four top 20 finishes on top of that. So, you know, for someone who was really, really trending highly, going places, um, you know, without winning loads of tournaments, he's had a solid year, no doubt, in 2021. But, um, you can get 12 to 1 in the full market on Xander Schofle, but that's why I like the 9 to 1 without without Bryson, Colin, Justin Thomas, and John Rahm. I think, you know, given that he finished tied fifth last year, you know, he could finish tied fifth to those four players and I could get a winner. And I, I just think 9 to 1, yeah, it's a low price to start off the year. But I think I've got a really good chance of a winner in this and my my top play. So, um, yeah, nine to one Xander Schofle in the without market, and that's another one and a half points each way. Uh, sorry, I changed my mind on that one. It's a two point win outright for Xander. Oh wow! Okay, that was a quick change. That was a turnaround. Okay, well that's you know Xander. My problem with Xander is that I just tend to see each of the tail after the Ryder Cup it looked it looked like a he had he had the aura of a guy that had just gone on a massive bender you know he was literally you know, smoking cigars he was drinking chugging back beer he was partying and he didn't really play that well after the Ryder Cup did he in all honesty and for me I, is his head in the right place 
I hope it is, and, you know, not just for your sake and, and the win well, for Bros and who Burnies, knows? But... Who knows? But again, we talked about a liking for this course and Xander Chauvelet has yeah. got a liking for this course. He loves this event. OK, well, that's yeah, mate, it's good enough for me. And I think, yeah, nine to one in that market without the, the four um, leading players is is very good. OK, my next one is, yes, I'm going to already preempt your shouting down the speakers of your Spotify, Amazon, Saying nothing. or whatever. <laughs> right. But Eric Van Royen has no knowledge of this course. Right. Let's just get it out there. Let's just between friends and brothers and listeners. Let's get it out there. Let's tell it how it is. He doesn't know this course. But the thing about Eric Van Royen is when he plays a course for the first time, that doesn't hinder him. Right. And you look at comparable courses on the PGA Tour that people are talking about. And a little shout out to a few a few people on Twitter. You know, you've got, you've got um, Joe Idoni, PGA um, Tout, you know, the PGA Splits. These guys give great info. And, you know, we absorb a lot of info that's out there that's available. And then we make our own little stats and, and come up with our own little bits and pieces. But they were talking about comparable courses and the Palmetto. Um, at Corongri, um, the Barracuda, and they're talking about Augusta as well as a comparable. I don't think you can really truly compare Augusta no, to anywhere. But the only way you can do that is by saying you have to think about your shots around this course. It makes you think now and then. And Augusta certainly makes you think. Unbelievable. You know, be be like akin to having a conversation with Stephen Hawking, you know, if he was still alive. But that would make you think. And this course does make you think. Patrick Reed has said that. So based on the fact that Eric Van Rooyen plays courses first time out quite well, based on the fact that he won the Barracuda, the Stableford competition with plus 50 points, means that he's a birdie machine. There are a lot of birdies made at this tournament every single year. He was 10th, tied 10th, shooting at 65 in the first round at the, um, at the Congaree. And obviously his Barracuda win got him into this tournament. He was fifth in the BMW Tour Championship. Sorry, in the championship, and tied 22nd in the Tour Championship. This guy finished off the year seventh in the Northern Trust. You know, after the Barracuda, this guy momentum is building and he's a family man. He's had great news, you know, at the end of the season and he's loving life. And you look at his social media account, he's loving life. So Eric Van Rooyen is a birdie machine. Eric Van Rooyen is a birdie machine. And finally, Eric Van Rooyen is a birdie machine. And I think he'll make a lot of birdies, right? That's enough for me. That's one point each way. Eric Van Royen, a fellow South African, another South African to follow on from Burmester, the love of my life after my wife and my children and you and all your children and my dog. But Burmester, <laughs> he loves Eric Van Royen, says he's a talent beyond talent, right? So give me the price for Eric Van Royen without the to one in the market. 80 to 1, oh, Eric Van Roy. I love it. And we look at what, what placing. How many places are we getting with that? It's interesting. You know, a lot, a lot of, uh, I think we're getting five places, quarter of the odds in the without market, which I think is astounding, to be honest, given that one of the other main um, bookmakers is only playing um, five places or, or and six places. So I, I think five places okay. without those top four is brilliant. Okay, so top four. Let's say the top four finish in the top four, right? You're saying that Eric Van Royen can theoretically finish ninth and we still get a 20 to 1 winner? Yep. In a field of 39. This is exactly what I'm saying. There you go, people. Of course, he's got to turn up and make some birdies. 
Do you know what I'm doing now? I'm doing, you can't see it, but it's a mic drop, but I'm going to pick the <laughs> mic back up because I'm going to need to drop it again for my last pick. But there you go. Oh, There's my right, second okay. pick, Eric Van Royen. Yeah, I like it, like it. Right, my third and final pick this week, my main play. Um, what can I say about this guy? I already mentioned him earlier on in the PNC Championships. Team Thomas, he carried his dad to a tie for second, only three shots off the daily team. Um, and uh, Sorry, a tie for third. But Justin Thomas, again, he has a love for Kapalua, that is just unrivaled. Um, you know, he won in 2020, just like I said, Xander Schofle won in 19. Um, he was third in 2019 when Xander Schofle won, and he was third again last year. Justin Thomas is, I think, just about to get back to the peak of his game. This relationship with Bones, Jim McKay, Bones, Phil McKay, Phil Mickelson's caddy for many, many years. Um, I think he's starting to blossom. I think they will have much success. Yes, he is favourite. There is no doubt about that. Um, and that's because of how well he's played this course. But I think for those points that I've just listed, starting to connect with his caddy, loves it here. Um, I think 15 to 2, yeah. It's a bit short, but listen, it's a 39-man field, and this guy has got Kapalua pedigree all the way through his bones, and I really do think he's going to win this week. And he's 15-2, to two, and he's my main play, and he is a five-point win on Justin Thomas. Them bones, them bones, them JT bones. Yeah, yeah it's made. a good pick, mate. Yeah, well, that was a that was a strong case. It might seem case. obvious. It might seem obvious. He's favourite course. Listen, anybody that case can pick a favourite. So strong. That it's case strong, was so strong. Stronger I can than Epstein's case. Well, I was just about to say that case was so strong. I think Prince Andrew's on the phone. All right, you've got to go. Uh, we might have to um, have you support. Hey, look at him, Players Championship winner. You know, he's a talent beyond talents. Come on, we know that. But I want a sound and an alarm klaxon, right? Get an imaginary klaxon in your mind. Social media showed a video of JT putting yesterday on the on the greens in Kapalua. And I think he had a probably about 20-foot put. He missed it right by seven feet. Now, I don't want to make you panic, okay, but that didn't look good. Let's it was a wind gust. It. Oh, it was it was something. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway, no, that's a good pick. You know, fourth in the Masters uh, last year, third in the Tournament of Champions, obviously here. Um, I'd say fourth in the Masters in that sort of November Masters. That does anyone really take notice of it because Dustin Johnson won it? But not really. But yeah, it's, it's a good pick, mate. It's a strong pick. Um, I hope it goes well for you. But you've got one to top it. I've I've picked up the microphone again, and I'm literally climbing to the highest point to drop this off. Look out, children! But yeah, it's 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 Colin Morikawa. Say what? Yeah, Colin Morikawa. Let's talk about him. Look, tied seventh year last year, tied seventh year the years be, year before, and what was he the year before that? Oh, he didn't play. Hey, mate, it doesn't matter, right? Two times tied seventh. Shot 265 last year in the second and third round. This guy likes this course. This guy knows the course. 
this guy has the best iron game in the planet. And I get bored with all the PGA commentators telling me it on every single shot. He's the best iron player in the planet on the planet. But it's true, right? We know it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I want to hear it all the time. He's great from 25 feet. He's great around the green. This guy is super, super cool. And he's ready to go this year. He's got the bit between his teeth. You just look at him. He's happy. He's loving life. Come on. The guy's winning. You know, he's a major winner at such a young age. But ultimately, you know, you look at how he's played in, in, in courses on the ocean. And so he, he likes playing around the ocean side. Right. So I'm going Colin Morikawa. It's a massive, massive six point win for me for Colin Morikawa. At odds, I believe he's currently around about 11 to 1. I don't know if that's 10 to 1. On... 10 to 1 you get in in the full okay. market. I can't believe someone's listening live. The, the market has just literally been cut as we're speaking. So, okay, 10 to 1. It's 10 to 1 in the full market. Colin Marikawa, one of the best players on the planet. Um, and I want a, a quick shout out to my man, Bryson DeChambeau. You know, I think, you know, silly comments. You know, it, again, it just, it just doesn't know when to stop sometimes. You know, what a talent. We know that. Hits the ball a long way. And... Oh, I'd like to use a longer, you know, the longer driver, the 42-inch driver on these on these fairways and blah. No, just use the driver you've got, Bryson. But I just think Bryson might struggle this week. Um, his short game towards the end of the year wasn't at its best, if I'm, in all honesty. And I think um, he needs to get that improved. But I think Colin Mokawa will take a lot, a lot of beating here at the Tour of Champions. Interesting pitch and a good case made. And I think, yeah, I mean, listen, we've got the, what, probably three of the top five in the market. It's probably a set of obvious picks, but, you know, you've got to go with it. You've got to go with conviction. And that is what we've done here this week. And we've given some good staking plans. So now your choice, listeners, as to what you do with that. But uh, I think we've given you everything that we need to and a good case made. So what are we no, looking it's, at it's, next week? What are we looking at next week? Well, we are, obviously we only have um, tournaments over on the PGA next week because obviously we don't get back in action here until um, I think it was Dubai. Was it you saying? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's the Abu Dhabi, isn't it? At the end of um, the end of the month. So I think we've got. Well, we're Sony. staying in Hawaii. Yeah, we're staying in Hawaii. Yeah, and you know the. Who won it? Like Nah, Kevin Nah, the great man who loves to walk in his putts. Um, won last year from Chris Kirk and Joaquin Neiman, Webb Simpson, Mark Leishman, uh, 21 under. So we'll have that next week, which we will talk about. But you know what? I want to a few more stats. I, I love stats and I love little bits of information, little nuggets to take with you to bedtime. And think are you take are you taking you know, my role? Yeah, well, I'm not being stat man, I am being all oh, right, okay, fact, fact man. Right, not fat man, that's you. Fact man. Right, one in 67 million. Right, the chances of achieving consecutive holes in one are around one in 67 million. Did you know that? I don't think I did, no. Well, that might be surprising to hear. And it's widely believed that John Hudson, renowned in the 70s, is the only professional golfer to achieve such a feat. His record at the Martini tournament in Norwich remains unbeaten. The 11th and 12th holes were 109... 195 yards and 311 yards, two hole-in-ones in a row. Ridiculous. Above sea level. Did you know the highest golf course in the world 
is located at Tattoo Golf Club in Morococha, Peru. Did, did you know not that? know that. No, didn't know that. And you know the view since the mid-90s. And it's said to be unrecognisable, thanks to an overgrowth of weeds. Dimples, we've all got them. Some on your backside, some on your face. But, you know, divots on a conventional golf ball are affectionately known as dimples. Some might know that. I hope you do. Otherwise, you don't really follow golf at all. I as a matter that. of fact, regulation states, how many dimples are required on a professional golf ball? 300. Oh, you weren't far off. 336. And I'd like to say that's significantly more than your average teenager. Right. It's all about money. How much do you think Tiger Woods has wrapped up in prize what? money? Career earnings throughout his whole tournament. Uh, his whole career. Mm. His whole, whole career. career. Oh, God. I'm going to say 274 million. Yeah, it's just it's not far over 100 million in prize money. Oh, his okay. net worth, obviously, you know, 700 something plus million. And last one the longest golf putt ever recorded 124 feet. Oh, double it. Really? Where was that? St. Andrews? See, see if you double it. <laughs> double it. 248. No, nowhere near. 375 feet. And do you know how old the guy was? 62. Oh, you're so close. 66. And his name <laughs> was Fergus Muir, and he did it in 2001. There you go. A little bit of facts just to finish off the first podcast of 2022. There you go, people. That is... Bros and Birdies bringing to you their preview of the Tour of Champions starting on Thursday in Hawaii. And as Big Bro said, next week is the Sony Open again in Hawaii. So you can keep your grass skirts on. Hopefully you'll be celebrating with a little cocktail after Colin Morikawa steals the victory from the 38 competitors. Have you got anything else to say, Graham, before we leave it? No, I have not, bro. Have fun this week. Enjoy. And we'll be back strong next week. Guys, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Like our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Podbean, any other podcast platform that you listen to. Please give us a follow. Give us a like. Be interactive with us on social media. We love interaction, don't we, Graham? Right. Aye. Aye. There we go. We suddenly turn. We suddenly. We're suddenly from Yorkshire. Yorkshire. But there you go. Yeah. And that's it from Bros and Birdies. From Big Bro, it's bye bye. And from Little Bro, it's see you next week, guys. And good luck with your picks. <laughs>